and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent. I'll be your host today. I'm sitting here with my wife, Betsy. Hi, Trent. And Betsy's been making all sorts of jokes before we got started. <laughs> uh, today, because we've been kind of on the, oh, dark and depressing side. End of the world. Yeah, end of an era. Apocalyptic stuff. So we decided, hey, let's do an animated movie. We haven't done one for a while. Family friendly and all that other stuff. So we have decided we're going to watch Moana. Came out in 2016. Uh, Betsy, we haven't seen this movie because we keep on talking every time we do an animated movie. We just don't really sit down and watch animated movies by ourselves. We don't really hang out with kids all that often, so we're not going to be showing the movies. I, I don't really know. Yeah, we're not Disney adults, yep. and all of our nieces and nephews live elsewhere. Yeah. So it doesn't come up so very often. So don't live with us. So. No. So we decided, you know what, Moana is uh, it was one of these movies that we've heard good things about, but really don't know anything about it, so I guess we're going to cover it. So Betsy, what do you know about it? You know, the joke's probably going to be on us, and it is the end of the world. I don't actually know what the plot <laughs> of this movie is. Maybe, I so don't know. So there might be listeners out there paying attention to this introduction, going, ha-ha, joke's on them. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as I know, it's not. I know this is either... Hawaii or Pacific Islands. Yeah. And Moana, I think, is technically a princess. I want to say she falls under the canon. Moana, Disney princess, got it. Under the pantheon of the princesses. And there is a demigod played Mm -hmm. by The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And there is a rooster played by Alan Tudyk. (laughs) Because, of course, he had to be in this thing. Uh, I also know that this is a frightfully small cast. There's like 10 actors in this entire movie. So a big animated movie, but few people in it. Right. Uh, The thing I do know, it is a musical. And I'm pretty sure this was the first foray with Lin-Manuel Miranda writing for them. So he wrote the music for this? That is my understanding, yes. All right, all right. Uh, Other than that, don't really know. Yeah. I know that one song that they did at the Oscars because it was nominated... Uh, I know that there's a lot of hubbub about the fact they're trying to make a live-action version of this, which Ah, we will talk about later. Okay. And, uh, yeah, people seem to like it. Yeah, so, with that being said, we're going to go and watch Moana, because I have nothing else to say. We'll be right back. See, that was Moana. Are you dried off yet? <laughs> Luckily, I did not have to go in the water for this one. I just got to enjoy Same. it from the safety of my basement. Same. What'd you think? I really liked this one. It was when at the beginning, I was having a little trouble getting into it. I'm like, is this going to be exactly like every other Disney movie where it's just like, 
oh, she's just in her home and she's unhappy with where she is and she mm-hmm. feels out of place and she has to go on an adventure. A whole new world. Yeah, it's always kind of the same tropes. Yeah. And so you feel like, oh, this is going to be so predictable. But then this movie got really funny <laughs> in a way I wasn't expecting. Okay. So between the songs being really good because Lin-Manuel Miranda yep. and it being really funny and you know you've got grandma charm in there i was they got me like by the end i was really laughing really hard and having a good time and by the end i was quite enjoying this movie grandma was the best grandma and hey hey between you got you got really into hey Hey. i love a stupid animal like (laughs) (laughs) and that guy was stupid and of course, Alan Tudyk, we've talked about him many times on this podcast. Yeah. He's making fucking chicken noises, but because he's this weird, like, lopsided eyeball yeah. rooster that's just walking into the water, it's physical comedy, and I'm just a sucker for it. And I know it's a way to pad the movie out. It's a way to get the, the little kids involved, because maybe some of these concepts are a little bit over their heads, so they can laugh at the funny chicken. Yeah. I love the funny chicken. I'm here for him. <laughs> Let's do the funny chicken. <laughs> yeah, so I really liked it too. I was in the same boat as you, no pun intended, uh, when it comes to the beginning of the movie saying, okay, yeah, it's going to be this kind of a movie where it's the young girl. She doesn't want to go along with her with her family. She doesn't want to do what they have planned for her. She's very sheltered and all of the other tropes of all the other Disney princesses because she is a princess, whether or not she wants to admit it or not. She She is. She is in the official canon of Disney princesses. Yes. But the more you got into it, the more like the grandma is revealing things and like the like just say nature, the ocean is revealing things to to Moana and she discovers the the the, the she discovers the flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> the flashbacks are are uh, put into her brain as it were and she can see okay there's a reason why they don't want me to go out there. There's a there is a, a rich history here that they are not teaching us and the reason why they're not teaching it is because of the dark history of this tribe let's say all of the other islands that they had discovered are all dead because of what maui did like they asked this demigod maui to take this stone oh they didn't ask him he just did it he just did it yeah because he wanted to impress them all i suppose because he he said it's never good enough for for them i need to do something above and beyond he's an egomaniac but he's also very fragile he's always afraid of rejection yeah and like there's the 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 undertones of you know he was abandoned as a child and he was rescued by the gods. He's looking for affirmation. He's looking for approval and all this other stuff that is a high concept for a kid's movie. But they can understand, you know, not being a wanted child. They can understand, hey, he wants to impress his parents, as it were. So I think those portions of the movie fit, even though they're a little high concept. But yeah, he did this to impress the human race. Mm-hmm. And by doing it, he unleashed hell, basically. And the ocean became really dangerous. And this group of people who were travelers and explorers Mm -hmm. had to stop because people started going out and never came back. Right. And after that happened one too many times, they all decided, you know what? We're going to stay on the island. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to use whatever skills that we have learned over over the the, however long that they've been a tribe. They were going to use these skills to, you know, harvest 
crops and fish and do everything else. And stay put. And stay put and lock away all their boats. Yeah, and there's a whole song at the beginning about being happy where you are and everything is great here and why would we leave? Right, like, hey, these are our traditions. Why would you ever question our traditions? You have been here. It's the tradition number from Fiddler on the (laughs) Rift. It is. It is. Tradition. Every every musical. (laughs) <laughs> Every musical like this needs that opening number to yeah. explain we're all happy right where we are. But, but think about it. You have the him going up to the, the mountain and showing Moana all of the different plates, all these stones, these stacking stones of all of the different generations that have been on this island. And they haven't left. And they have not left. And you are another link in that chain. Yeah, and as a concept, you as a kid, you don't necessarily, you, you can't really understand a length of time that long. That's a lot of generations. In this context, that is a lot of generations. Yeah, but you have the existential crisis that rears its head and all the crops are rotting and there's no more fish and all these people, I I guess the elders maybe know, this happened elsewhere and now it's come to us. Well, it's been a legend. Like, it's so long ago. I guess. That they say it's become a legend. And so some of them are like, no, no. Like, her dad at the beginning, that's not true. That's just a story. There yeah. isn't a big monster out there. Right. You know, everybody go about your business. Everything yeah. is fine. Cur- kernels of truth really reveal the, the actual truth. Yeah. And Moana is the one who is being drawn to the water and she wants right. to go and she takes it upon herself to rescue everybody when she has to like when it comes down to it she says like ah screw this i'm saving the island let's go yeah, yeah. and she's also had again part of why i love grandma so much uh i the with the line that i wrote down here kind of during all, all all the sections of the songs where hey moana really wants to leave but her parents or her dad doesn't want her to go at all because it's dangerous and you're needed here. You're going to be the new chief once I'm gone. Yep, don't look over there. Yeah, but Grandma is over here just kind of being a hippie. She is the crazy old lady on the island. And the thing I wrote down was, Grandma says, fuck all that shit. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you could do what your dad says, or, Or, or... You could listen to me and say... Fuck that. You're going to follow your path and you're going to, I'm, I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to show you the boat. I know you can learn how to do this. I know there's magic in these boats where I can just hit a drum and everything is going to light up and you're going to see a vision. There's always in these, what, there's what always is grandma slipping into uh, her, her, her meals here. There's always that grandma in these movies. That's like my idiot son doesn't know what he's talking that's about. Right, that's so right. So we're going to go around him and I'm going to tell you the truth, the true truth. And that's what kicks her in the pants to go. Mm-hmm. But of course, they have to. Th- Why did they have to throw in that grandma's gonna die? Like because she all has to of a sudden, to her later as a manta ray, a magical glowing manta ray. Yeah, and it made me emotional. Like when she, you know, all the lights go out on the island, and there's this big wave, and then this magical glowing manta ray comes under the water. I'm like, oh, grandma did it. She became a manta ray. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like. I didn't want grandma to die. I love that salty, crazy lady. (laughs) I like, uh, thank you for salty. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. It's an ocean joke. (laughs) So that's the setup. We have Moana going out on her journey, and she has to go to this island where Maui is. This demigod was cast was cast away onto this island by himself for a thousand years. Yeah, this guy, at the beginning, the way they set him up, when it's Grandma telling all the little kids the story. Which I love. 
she's like scaring oh, the little he's, children. He's a trickster, and he is animated in such a way that I was like, wait, is he a villain? But yeah, because genuinely at the beginning they give him like the the Dwayne Johnson eyebrow thing, and he's very naughty, and he's taking this heart, yeah, and he's, he's just running away. So I was like, oh shit, is he actually kind of a bad guy? But then later, no, no, he's just an egomaniac who's yeah. just very thinks very highly of himself. Sure. Oh, you, I did that for you. You're welcome. Everything for you. Yeah, and of course, Dwayne Johnson gets uh, gets his own song. He does. What did you think of that song? The song is okay. The singing, not so much. I think all things considered, he's all right. He's, he's fine. He is not the greatest singer in the world, but he's not a bad singer. No, he's like me. I can sing. Yeah, you I just can hit can't the sing notes. Well. You know the notes you're supposed to hit. Yeah. In the worst case, they could auto-tune you. And he has pursued a very minor career in music, but I think more in well, rapping? Yeah, he's not singing. No. <laughs> <laughs> so when I found out he was in this and I'm like, and he has a song? I'm very confused. But I also kind of appreciated him in this role because they're doing the thing that you would hope they do where all of the actors voicing these characters are not white. They are actually yes. people from that area of yeah. the world. All of the actors, except for Alan Tudyk, are from Polynesian roots, including New Zealand, which is a part of that whole area. Yeah, they're all islanders of yeah. some kind. Grandma, uh, if, if you did not recognize, is the same, you said uh, it was the same actress who is in a lot of Taika Waititi's movies. And she is a New Zealander, along with a Jermaine Clement, who is the the crab later on in the movie. He's from he's from New Zealand and half of Flight of the Concords, if you did not know. Yep, and uh, Dwayne Johnson is Samoan, I think. He is from that area, I know. I, I mean, or half something like that. He, he is of that culture. Yes, I don't know exactly what what his origins are, but he's at least a part of that whole community. Right. So I'm glad that they cast him in this, but it is different for him because when you're looking for people to voice this character. I mean, he kind of fits the role. He's this big, yes. brash yes. dude who has a huge ego. <laughs> We've talked about that on this show before as yeah, well. Huh, yeah. But when you add the element of singing, once upon a time, to use a Disney phrase, uh, they didn't have the same actor as yeah. singer. There were a lot of times, especially in like the 90s, mm -hmm. where whoever was doing the voice acting and the person doing the singing for that character were two different people. And a lot of times when you watch, when you rewatch those movies, you can tell that those things do not match. The voice actor and the singing actor are not the same. They don't quite line up. Yeah. But here, now we've gotten to this modern era, they pretty much always do. They do. Regardless of if you can sing or not. I feel like they kind of take it into account. So like I said, he can sing mm -hmm. enough. For what he needs to do here. But if you just on paper said, hello, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, sure. you shall be an animated character and you get a song and dance number. Yeah, and not only are they doing it in the animated stuff, they're doing it in their live action remakes too. Like all the way back to when we saw the, the new Beauty and the Beast with uh, Emma Watson being Belle and all the other people. All those people sing their own stuff, do they not? They are singing to questionable degrees. Yeah, they I'm, are, I'm not okay, judging here. We could have an entire conversation about that. That movie is auto-tuned to shit. I don't care. But this but movie they, is different. That is their voice coming yes. out of their mouth. 
That, and that, that's my point here. All the way up until we hit the, um, just this year, there was a new live action remake of The Little Mermaid. And again, all of these actors are doing their own singing. Like Melissa McCarthy is Ursula, and we haven't seen this movie yet. Melissa McCarthy is not a singer. She is a comedian. And I fully expect that she did her own singing in this movie. All right, since you have hit on this, I'm just going to transition us to this conversation right now. Okay. They are already talking about doing a live action version of Moana. Okay. And they are already talking about Dwayne Johnson reprising this role. As he should, with a giant wig. But why? (laughs) Like, I like it, but also I hate it because we just did this movie. This movie's not that old. Yeah. And now in another like year or two, you want to have a live action remake 10 years, not even 10 years after the original comes out. I get that. I don't think that they should be doing it. I also really don't think they should be doing all of these like 90s cartoons remakes either. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug trend. But it is making them a fuckload of money. A lot of people tend to like them. And these movies are made for us, Betsy. The The grown-ass millennials. the, The 80s and 90s movies are remade for us. The people who grew up with those movies and have children. We don't have children, but they're still made for us. Oh, they're made for us. They could give a rat's ass about the children because <laughs> they, they know but they that bring, we would bring our they children. They bring the children to the movies. That's, <laughs> they sign up for Disney+, Plus. they go to the theater, all that shit. But you're right. The Moana remake, I don't think is really merited here because number one, I don't know what the reception was of this movie. Number two... I don't think it's been enough time to remake it like this. If you're going to do that, maybe do both at the same time where you can bring the kids to the animated one. And then when they get a little older, they can see the live action one. I don't know. I'll give you a reason number three not to do it and bring us back to this movie right here. All right. This movie looks so good. animated oh god why do you need live action there are moments in this movie the animation is so good it is almost indistinguishable from live action i got fooled a couple of times where i think it was early on where she was in the water for the first time i thought that was real water you're looking out on the horizon and the waves are rolling in and you're just like wow what a beautiful shot of the real ocean yeah and like baby moana at the very beginning she's on the sand god that looked good the mechanics of the sand moving around the shell on the beach yeah then there's the moment where she crashes her boat and she wakes up covered in sand oh the sand scene the sand stuck to her hair and Mm -hmm. stuck to her skin it looked real and there are things in this movie that are kind of mixed media the way they animate it so like they talk about they hand drew all of the tattoos on maui there's the scene during his song uh you're welcome Mm -hmm. where there's sort of collage things happening in the back it's like paper craft type stuff yeah so you could fucking tell me that they had like hand drawn the animation and stuck literal sand on here and i'd be like yeah i buy that well like talking about the 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 tattoos that that uh, maui has the little dude on like his front shoulder thing on his pecs on his pec yeah that little dude was animated just like the genie in Aladdin. How do you mean? Like the mannerisms and like the style of animation that that little guy had was just like some of the cartoonish stuff from the genie. I suppose. There's a lot of callbacks in this movie to early, late 80s, early 90s Disney. There's a lot of Little Mermaid stuff. There's a lot of Aladdin stuff. That were basically put in there for us again. <laughs> for, for There was even, uh, you said that um, 
when he's like going through all of his transformations, he transitions to the what is it? The reindeer guy from uh, He turns into Sven from Frozen Sven, for just a second. From Frozen, yeah. There's always another uh, other references to this stuff. It's not a Pixar movie, so they're not going to have all the Pixar stuff, but there is enough other Disney properties that they can pull from. But yeah, all that being said, the movie looks incredible. And if you oh try God. to do this live action, it is just such a mixed bag. Like if you were to say, "Okay, we're making live action Moana and we're going to have a giant lava monster. There is only a certain degree to which you can make a lava monster look convincing. You are always in your head going to know that is a computer animated lava monster. Well, but in here, it's supposed to be animated. The rest of the world is animated. I accept it as truth. It would turn into Thor Ragnarok at that point. Yeah, we did that already. Yeah. And which I will say during that last fight of Maui kind of hopping up and down. He looked and moved a whole lot like the Hulk. Did you <laughs> notice that? I hadn't noticed that, but now that you say that, uh -huh. that completely makes he sense. He hops up on one of the rocks in the ocean, and he's like hurling himself towards the lava monster, much like Thor Ragnarok does. Yep. I believe that. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that reference, With all, but yes. With all the, the New Zealanders and everything else, the Taika Waititi references, <laughs> the connections anyway. Yeah, they're all there. Taika's not involved in this project. No. We only got Jermaine in this one. Right. And I guess because you said that, let's talk about his appearance in the movie. He is the crab guy that is in this, like, they go to this weird spire island and they fall through the spire and they come out the other end. It's like he's in a, a big bubble. Yeah, it's underneath the ocean but it's like a god realm or something because he says like maui says something about no little human no mortal would come down here i guess so i don't know if the crab is just a very very big crab but he talks so my assumption is he he's some kind talk. of a god yeah he must be another kind of god now that you mention that he does he does talk no other animals talk no it's the, not that kind of Disney movie. It's not. <laughs> even the even the chicken that is with her yeah. the whole movie doesn't who actually is, talk. Who is voiced by a real actor? Who is he doesn't one talk. of the best working voice actors yeah. today? Yeah, Alan Tudyk has become like Disney Animation's lucky charm. He is Mu in almost all of them. Yeah, much like uh, John Ratzenberger is to Pixar. You're, Tudyk. you're not wrong. I Alan, bet if we go look. Yeah, Alan Tudyk is coming up uh, coming up on him as far as appearances in Disney stuff. So anyway, Jemaine Clement is, again, one half of Flight of the Concords. Uh, most recently, he was also in the, the, the Avatar sequel. He's in What We Do in the Shadows and all sorts of other stuff. He's fantastic. And you, you and I talk, kind of talked about this before we started recording. His song is an imitation of David Bowie. So when he was writing the music for this, Lin-Manuel Miranda made that as like a tribute to David Bowie, the yeah. song Shiny. And this entire sequence kind of doesn't need to be in the movie. It's no. just, we need to get Maui's hook and this is where it is. Mm -hmm. So let's give him a musical number because another Little Mermaid reference because he's a yeah. big crab. Right. So I'm watching it going, yeah, this sounds like David Bowie. I did not know that it was an intentional choice he was making. And Flight of the Concords did an entire Bowie song. Oh, yeah. This whole thing is Jermaine Clement doing his weird David Bowie impression. <laughs> yep. 
through the lens of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm -hmm. But that song was great. I was laughing really hard during it. It was really good. (laughs) I was glad it was in the musical. I was glad it was in the movie. Does it need to be? Probably not. But it provided great comic relief. And there was also some really cool, like, animation in this entire sequence. Yeah, the visual effects here are really cool with all of the shiny. All the shiny. (laughs) Reflecting on the walls and everything else. You also had the bioluminescent uh, stuff that she put onto the rock. And they killed the lights and then he glows. He's all like pink and blue. Fuck yeah. Yeah, there was some really cool stuff in this sequence. It's like that really deep underwater, deep ocean, like bioluminescent stuff. The freaky shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's the shit that you see when you go nuts down there. Well, they're basically under the ocean like when she looks yeah. up there are like whales and other life right swimming like, above her she, she's uh or he i guess he's doing the joke saying hey i'm still falling here so they're falling a long way down there yeah it's like a big crack in the ocean yeah down to their underwater dwelling I guess. where there's a bubble and a giant crack and there's a lot of like weird other psychedelic things down there with him yeah there's some freaky shit <laughs> yeah. but yeah that was a good song let's let's talk about the music we already kind of mentioned the first one with uh, uh, the village people. The village people. The village people. The village people, <laughs> with, with, the, the village the, people <laughs> making an appearance in Moana. The, the, vi- the village people are not in Moana. <laughs> the people of the village. Yes, they do a song about, hey, tradition and everything else. They sing tradition from Hitler <laughs> on the Roof. <laughs> We've covered this. Then we have the one that got nominated for an Oscar. How Far I'll Go, I think yes, is what it is. I don't remember the name, but yeah, that was really well done. They use it a number of times throughout the movie, well, too. There's do, a couple of reprises. They do have reprise. Hey, I know, I know the, the, the term <laughs> for this stuff. <laughs> You're like, I was a child once, too. That's and right. Disney taught me what reprise means. That's right. Um, I guess, what did you think about that one? I really liked that one. Let me yeah, ask it's you. A, it's really big. Let me ask you this, because you had a problem with the big number in Frozen. I did. You thought Let It Go was too big. Uh, let's let's bring up the controversy again. <laughs> I thought Let It Go was unearned. It was too much. It was too big for the time in which that th- th- that thing happened in that movie. This, however, I feel like they did enough buildup of this character really wanting to leave the island. Like, during the entire first song... She's trying to escape. She's growing up. She's trying to escape. She's always looking over there. She's trying to get to the beach and her dad won't let her. That right there is what you needed in order to have the big number. So her character choice to sing this song was more earned. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Fuck you, Elsa. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Trent. The children. But yes, this one got nominated for Best Original Song. The girl who actually voiced Moana sings it, and she got to sing it at the Oscars. She's incredible. And yeah, it's a great musical theater number. It's a great movie number. Yeah, it's very much a Broadway kind of a song. I'm kind of surprised this one didn't catch on in the same way that a lot of those other ones have. Like, we don't talk about Bruno and Let It Go. I've never heard children out in the wild singing How Far I'll Go. No, not that we hang out around a lot of children who like to sing like that. I used to work in a building where there were children all the time, and there was once a birthday party that was delayed for some reason, and all the little girls were singing Let It Go, and they all knew every single word. And this was after Moana would have been out in theaters. I suppose. So why not Moana? What's wrong with Moana? Because this song arguably 
it's it's better. Like more people could sing this at least. It's not Maybe. as intense as Let It Go. It's not. And again, we're we're talking about a Broadway produced kind of a thing. And I'll say this. I've seen Hamilton a couple of times. I've watched the thing on on Disney Plus the with the original cast. The the music in this is very very much Lin Manuel Miranda. You can definitely tell if you've listened to Hamilton as many times yeah. as you and I have. Yeah. That these songs were written by him, which but, is interesting because he was working on this before Hamilton blew up. But that's his style, though. But even, the stylistically, even, yeah. Even his uh, I guess his first musical in the Heights, that's very much his his style. He had it way back then. And by like style, I mean like his like speak singing, I guess this is the only way I know how to describe it. Yeah, there's some parts of this that are fully rap, and then there are others where it's kind of just speaking yeah. but singing. Yeah. Yes, the, you can tell he wrote the songs in this. Uh, he didn't yeah. exclusively. Like, no. they were kind of a group of songwriters. Yeah. You can like tell I said, the differences. Like I said, this is kind of early days for him being in demand. Sure. It just happened that by the time it came out, he was really hot. So it was an upsell for them. That just kind of worked out in Disney's sure. favor. Sure, sure. Uh, but we had another song here, and they started off... What, like I think it was during the flashback scene when she's in the cave and she's discovering the boats. Yeah, she's seeing what all her ancestors used to do. Yeah, and it starts off in whatever native language this was. This was not English to start off. No. But then it transitioned to Lin-Manuel Miranda Oh, yeah, that guy that has song. the most distinct singing voice. He does. Once you have heard his voice, you cannot not hear <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, but again, it's more about, hey, they're voyagers, they're um, explorers, whatever you want to call it. We're out on the water and we know where we're going. And if we want to go home, we can, but we're right. just going to explore the seas and see the world and inhabit new islands. Because that's what we do as a people. Right. And then when we settle there, the next group goes off and they do it. Yeah. And then they settle somewhere else and the next group goes off and they do yeah. it. And we have that song being reprised as well later in the movie. Um, what is there anything else? There's actually remember. not that many songs. Yeah, it's just mostly it's mostly r- repeating the songs from earlier, yeah. but with a different version. Maybe that's why I didn't catch on because it wasn't like filled to the brim with music. I mean, not all of them are. If you actually go back to the Disney movies from when we were kids, there's not as many songs as you think there are. Right. In your head, there's like oh, there's like 25 songs. In there. No, it's like right. four. Five. They're not that long movies either. No, they're like 80 minutes straight through. This one's not also, very long. Also, there was even like, was there a, a Beauty and the Beast song that got cut or something? Or a yeah. Little Mermaid song? Yeah, there. Uh, I don't know about Little Mermaid, but Beauty and the Beast, there was one that yeah. was cut. Yeah. That they later in like the 10 or 15 year anniversary edition put back in. Oh, was that the, the Beast singing? Because I know there was a separate song in the new live action one that oh, Beast no. has by himself. That's a new one. That's a new one. Specifically for okay. the live action one. So okay. if they do make Moana live action, somebody is going to get an extra song. I guarantee because oh, they sure. got to go for that Oscar <laughs> that isn't in this movie. Someone will have to write it, a.k.a. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. And I don't know who will sing it. Probably Grandma. She's the only one that didn't get a song. She did sing, though. She sang, but she didn't get a full number. Yeah, she didn't get a whole thing. Or maybe Dad. I don't know. Somebody's going to get it in the live action, and we're going to have a song that's not in this movie. Well, and like we said in the intro, there are very, very few actual actors 
that are yeah. that are saying anything in this movie. There are 11 credited people in the credits. <laughs> yeah, most of the villagers don't talk. No, they're just there. Like, there's plenty of people in the movie, yeah. but... Yeah, like actors is just not there. And again, I understand who are you going to get to talk in the middle of the ocean? You know? <laughs> it's a solo journey yeah. to find this one specific person, and now you are two people. Right. And your little chicken guy, he doesn't talk. Because he's a chicken. I kind of figured that they might go there, but it's not that kind of a Disney movie. Most Disney movies actually aren't. Like, I appreciate the self-referential nature of the script where they're like, uh, your dad is royalty and right. you have a friend who's an animal. I'm sorry, that means but you're, you're a princess. princess. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. If you go and look at all of the other ones, mm -hmm. they usually have some animal friend. And it's about 50-50 for the ones that talk and the ones that don't. Right. Or the entire movie is talking animals like The Lion King is. You have like Iago in Aladdin talking to Jafar. He's a bad guy in He's that one. He's a bad parrot. Right. Um, but the, are you and, saying Jafar is a Disney princess? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I'm not. <laughs> but, um, but Princess but, Jasmine in that. Yeah. Raja doesn't speak. Raja doesn't speak. And Abu doesn't speak either. He kind of Aladdin does. is also not a Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a king, Betsy. He's a king. Eventually, he is a sultan. A prince. Or, no, he he, he wishes to be a prince, Does is he not? He does, but when he marries the princess, he becomes the sultan. Oh, right. But that doesn't happen until the third one, Trent. <laughs> God, I, keep I, up. I don't think, I. God, have I seen Return of Jafar I cannot remember. I have seen it so many times. I'm sure you have. I have also seen Prince of Thieves or King of Th Wait. It's Prince left. of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. It's Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Is that the second one? Third one. That's the third one. Return of Jafar is the second one. Yes, it is. And Robin Williams does not come back as the genie. It's Dan Castellaneta, right? Apparently, because I, I didn't know him. that until recently because yeah. you told me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he does come back in the third one. He, he does a serviceable, serviceable job, I understand. It's fine, but yeah. you can tell it's not Robin Williams. Of course, of course. We're way off topic here. <laughs> None of these people are Disney princesses. Talking about Disney movies will get you in trouble. Okay, well, as long as we're, we're digging our graves here, <laughs> let's, let's finish up by, by saying whatever we had uh, left on our mind. Betsy, what did you have? Uh, we haven't talked about the coconut pirates yet. Yeah, we gotta. I think they were called the Kakamora or okay. something silly like that. All right. And they are just teeny tiny creatures. They're coconut creatures. That fit inside coconut shells. Yeah. And <laughs> roam the oceans and practice piracy. They have giant, giant elaborate pirate ships that I fucking love. That scene was so great where they're just like screaming, their ship splits into more ships. <laughs> yeah. And they're these little dudes. Oh, they're kind of cute. And then they paint their faces to look angry. <laughs> <laughs> they throw like fucking spears at the boat. And blow darts. Yeah. They're, they're vicious little creatures. They're just also, you know, eight inches tall. <laughs> right. And they're easy to defeat if you get close enough. And they crash and that's it. You know, it was over pretty quickly. Right. But I loved those freaky little weirdos. I love that these animators have to create this entire elaborate thing that you're just kind of swinging around and you can barely see it all. And it's in the movie for like four minutes tops. If that. If that. 
but they also have to have the Foley artists getting like the little clop, clop, clop of the coconuts <laughs> smacking right. into each other. And every time they make a step, they make a noise mm-hmm. and their little tiny swashbuckle sore. <laughs> it's wild. Those things were great. That entire sequence, again, does it need to be in the movie? No. Was I here for it? 110%. <laughs> yeah. Um, you also have the joke of like they were bl- uh, like shooting blow darts at uh, at at the boat at these two people, and we we also mentioned the uh, the fact that the ocean is a character in the movie. There's a few characters that don't speak that don't make any sense, but they fit this world. One of them is the ocean. The ocean just acts as a complete character on its own. You know what the ocean reminds me of? What's that? The carpet in Aladdin. Yes. The carpet doesn't speak, but he has a part in this story. And he has emotion. Like he kind of shrugs and reacts and is comedic at times. Yeah, the ocean is a character unto itself in this movie. And it helps to convey the characters to the whatever the next thing is. They can help when they need to. Otherwise, they stay out of the way. Right. The other one is Maui's tattoos. He has a tiny tattoo version of Maui. I love that. Who is like his little conscience and is just like poking him along. And when he feels things, he hugs him and he's like, yeah, I love you too, little guy. (laughs) Because they are drawings but he doesn't get the tattoos. They're just kind of, they appear. Yeah, he earns them. He earns the tattoos. He lives his life and does things. So it kind of is an entirely separate entity onto Maui. He just happens to exist on his person. You're right. But yeah, he's like waving little flags and he's just like, come on. Wow, you're the best. I also love when he like he pulls down a scoreboard and just little <laughs> tick. Yep. Oh, Maui zero, Moana two. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's it's kind of going back. Like I said, it, the, his animation style is much like how the genie is uh, is portrayed, and it's the same thing when genie is just a little guy and he's just commentating on what's happening. That's what he's doing here. Well, and the two main directors for this movie, I didn't know until after we finished watching this have a long history with Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys directed The Little Mermaid. They directed The Great Mouse Detective. They did Treasure Planet. They have all of these movies from mm-hmm. like the late 80s and 90s and then they were still making movies in this style today which mm-hmm. is a completely different beast right. when it's computer animation. And Moana was their last project at Disney and they moved on to do that Netflix movie. Yeah, they moved to Sony Animation and yeah. they did Mitchell's versus the Machines. Yeah. Which was another one when we were talking about doing movies we were like yeah. maybe we should do that one. I heard did, it's good. Yeah, I'm glad we did this one because I really enjoyed it but we might have to do that eventually. Eventually. But yeah, those two guys, you can tell because there are so many nods to those classic Disney movies yeah. from when we were kids. I mean, maybe this is just, it was just their culmination. Like, hey, this is our legacy. Like, this is our, our last, last movie with Disney. Well, I got to double check if they did Aladdin because there is like there's one, so many Aladdin There's things. one too many references to Aladdin. Well, and the, <laughs> the, the actual lamp, Aladdin's lamp is on the back of the, of the crab. And during one of the songs at the beginning, the carpet is painted the same way as the magic carpet from Aladdin. Yeah. So there's just so many little touches, if you're paying attention, that I'm like, mm-hmm. that feels intentional. Yep. Mm. Well, I did have a point to this, but <laughs> I was talking about the blow darts. The blow before, <laughs> before we got, we went on, a, on, we went on a tangent. Yes, blow darts. Blow darts. Maui is passed out on the boat, but he can still speak. And he's just kind of passed out on his front. And Betsy, they make multiple 
pee jokes in this yes, movie. Yes, this movie has a PG rating. They can get away with pee jokes. <laughs> yeah, you put your hand in the water, and if it's warm, you're going in the right direction. It's cold. No, it's getting warmer. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then when um, Moana crash lands on Maui's island, she's like trying to kick the water, saying, fish pee on you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, put a little checkbox next to things I've never seen in a Disney movie. Nope. P jokes. Multiple P jokes. Multiple P jokes. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I had, Betsy. L- ending on on a banger. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to say? First of all, when we reveal that Hey Hey is on the boat and he realizes his predicament and he just screams and screams and screams, mm-hmm. I just laughed. That was so freaking funny. Yeah, you really thought that was funny. I thought that was so great. Um, And then later when Maui is struggling, when he can't figure out his hook and he can't make himself turn into the animals he wants, and he's a shark on the top and a man on the bottom, Mm -hmm. the fact that the animators took time to include the detail that his tattoo also matches. Mm -hmm. So instead of a man on his tattoo, Mm -hmm. he is top half shark, bottom half man. That's a meticulous animator right there. Mm-hmm. And again, I appreciate the the attention to detail. Yeah, I appreciate all the details in this, but all right, Betsy, that's where I'm going to leave it. This was a good one. I was a little apprehensive at first because again, I don't know anything about the history of like the Polynesian people or anything like that, but it's a Disney movie. They're going to teach me. In their way. Like, they never specifically say where it is. No, but they, like, the people who made this movie apparently went and lived in uh, amongst these these people and learned from them. Amongst the Pacific Islanders. Yes, yes. Yeah. You, you know it's coming from a genuine place when you actually go and do it. All right, we're going to end this episode, but first we would love to encourage you to reach out to us in whatever fashion that you want. Email us never seen it pod at gmail.com we're on all the social media pages eventually we're going to go to more of them but for right now we're just facebook instagram and twitter i'm not going to stop calling it that until somebody makes me but we did get an email here just a little while ago from our super fan stephanie she emailed us about another family friendly film paddington 2 you thought i was going to say something dirty didn't you <laughs> didn't you no 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 this is paddington 2 because Stephanie said she was going to go back and listen or uh, watch some movies that she hadn't watched yet. So anyway, she says, we have seen the first one of these a handful of times, but my daughter got kind of off it and we never watched the second one until yesterday. It was so good. I cried so hard at the end. Yeah. Uh, Paddington's daydream about showing Aunt Lucy through the pop-up book was so beautiful. Another scene with kind of that mixed media animation style. Yeah, she says it is very Wes Anderson, but still its own thing, and I love it. Yeah, that was maybe one of the best parts of that movie. Uh, The background jokes were wonderful. The Hard Times is for sure a newspaper I would subscribe to. (laughs) Uh, Paddington is adorable. My daughter loves him. I love him. Hugh Grant is a fantastic villain. Everyone is having so much fun. I love Knuckles and the rest of the prisoners. Their friendship is so pure and lovely. I also love that entire sequence when Paddington just is able to turn the hardened criminals into big softies. He infects everybody with his own sentiment. I love it. Yeah, with his manners and his charm. his pleasantness. Uh, Their neighborhood interior designer is incredible. I would love to have more whimsy in my house, but the husband prefers a more simplified and classy look. (laughs) Yes, uh, again, I've mentioned this before. Stephanie and I used to work together. This is our super fan. And 
Whimsy is what she calls her tchotchkes, her knickknacks, her little doodads that sit on her desk and around the house. Okay. But that that's just that's another word. That's the extent word. of it? Whimsy. That's the extent yes. of it. Yes. Okay, all right. So just to give you an insight, that's what that means. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's, she finishes, I cannot wait for more Paddington. These movies are delightful. Love you, T-Dog and B-Dog. T-Dog and B-Dog. T-Dog and B-Dog. That's who we are. <laughs> Super fan, Stephanie. Thank you very much, Stephanie, for your email. Every time you reach out to us, it's always a delight. Much like Paddington is always a delight. We're excited for Paddington 3. Yeah. All right, uh, you can be like Stephanie. You can become a super fan yourself. If you would like, email us, neverseenitpod at gmail.com. Reach out to us on social media, however you want to do it. Betsy and I are also on there, but you can follow the show page if you just want to do that. But if we could ask a favor of you, please, if you would, go to your podcast app of choice, find our page, rate us five stars on that stuff. If it'll let you rate us six stars, do that. I mean, I haven't looked at the app for a while. Maybe Hack it will. It. Hack the app. Hack the app. Like, steal your husband's or your wife or your partner's phone and do it on there, too. Yeah. Create, like, 15 different accounts. Game the system. We're giving you permission. But until we are taken off of these services, this has been another episode of Never Seen It. We have, I think, one or two more episodes before we're going to start a brand new series. So look forward to that in the second half of September. But this has been another episode of Never Seen It. My name is Trent. My name is Betsy. And we'll be back to you next time. Bye.